Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Vest. <laughs> Ray Mondo. How the devil are you? Oh, the devil is in the detail as always, Nigel. The devil is in the detail as always. And um, nothing more detailed than government proposals and sections of acts, uh, specifically the Housing Act 1988 and this whole Section 21 debacle. Um, we should probably set the scene and say what it is. So the uh, title of this particular podcast is uh, that landlords plan to sell properties at record rate. So is now the time to raise money and buy? So um, mm, when we... Yeah. I mean, it's a hot topic, you know, it's a political hot potato um, or custard pie. I don't know. They keep throwing it at each other. Um, and and Ray, you know, one of our most popular ever episodes, and it's quite a while ago now, was, um, you know, the Section 24, the landlord's bomb, bombshell sort of thing and, oh, yeah. and how the taxing taxes went uh, against landlords and how they do all these things. And I thought it'd be an interesting podcast episode to look at, you know, the headlines. Landlords plan to sell properties at record rate. And, you know, legislation comes in to protect tenants and, you know, tax rises for landlords. All these things sound like it's an absolutely desperate time to be a landlord, especially if traditional buy to lets. Now, surely is the time to sell, get out, and all the rest of it. Or, is this the perfect opportunity to get in, learn what it's all about, find the ways of managing it, look at your risk profile, get in and raise money and start buying up these properties? I don't know. Ray, what's your what's your gut feel on this? Well, um, I don't have a dog in this fight in the sense that I don't have properties that are rented out as a buy to let. So, um, but when I did, when I did back in the day, uh, it, it seemed so much easier then back in the day, uh, sort of 2014 to 2018, something like that. Um, and then this, they, they've constantly then, when I say they, the government has constantly started to chip away at the confidence of becoming a landlord or being a landlord with, um, first of all, the Section 24, where effectively they, for the first time ever, they have taxed a company's turnover rather than its profit. Um and, and of course, then they started bringing in other issues, EPCs, for example, energy performance certificates. Now you cannot rent a pro, you're not going to be able to rent a property unless your energy performance certificate is of, you know, C or D. Um, and there's a huge amount of costs associated with upgrading property. Um, and now they're talking about uh, Section 21, uh, the abolition of Section 21 um, under what the government are calling the Renters Reform Bill. And uh, Section 21 was commonly known as the no fault eviction notice. So, you know, you could evict someone without any fault on either part. So um, in normal circumstances, when extended periods are not in place, 
For example, landlords can evict tenants under Section 21, pro pro providing them with two months notice once their fixed term contracts come to an end. And the landlords are, are, aren't required to provide their tenants with a reason, hence the phrase no fault eviction. Um, however, in contrast to serve what's called a Section 8 notice, the landlord has to prove that the tenant has broken the terms of the tenancy agreement in some form or another. And as you said, Nigel, quite a lot of the time, these could be settled on the steps of the court, where if it was not for payment, someone could just step up and go, well, here's a few hundred quid towards it. And the judge at the time, the magistrate would say, well, they're making an effort to pay, so you can't you can't evict them. Um, now, this is so going back to sort of 2017, 18, 19, they started bringing all this stuff in. And this was first put into the uh, Queen's speech in 2019 under the, the renters reform bill. And then there was a, a thing called a fairer private rented sector white paper and, and all this kind of carry on. So um, I suppose there's a lot of, I could say devil's in the detail. The devil is in the detail. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? And if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do buy to lets or, or whatever, or I have buy to lets. The issue is always education. It's always find out as much as you can. How does this affect you? Because, uh, you know, whenever a question is asked of someone, the answer is always, well, it depends. And it de does depend on a number of things and how that's going to affect you. So, Nigel, how is it going to affect you, do you think? Are you for, are you against this? What do you think? Uh, Ray, I think if I clambered onto my soapbox, I could probably argue both ways. Um, yeah. Just before I forget, it's episode 45, The Landlord's Tax Bombshell Go have a listen to that if you want to know more about, you know, that it, it's uh, it's still very pertinent. And that really clobbered landlords and prompted a huge thing. But I'm, I'm going to just step back a section here. I'm, I'm going to raise myself up higher than my soapbox. I'm going to give it the 30,000 foot view. And you've got to say to yourself, right, OK, what what is the situation? Well, we've got people who need to rent a property and we've got people who own properties who want to rent it out. I think everything that's gone on at the moment and continues to go on is making that a very adversarial sort of situation where it always seems to be tenant against landlord, landlord against tenant. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of working together. So I know a lot of people are thinking, I was going to raise some money to buy some buy to lets. I thought that was a good idea. It now sounds like you're always arguing with people. You're going to call. It sounds terrible. You know, tenants damage property. Landlords act badly. I don't want to be involved in that. And a lot of people have been put off by it. And the situation, what's the situation? We need people to be renting properties to tenants. Mm -hmm. Tenants need properties available to rent. But it's like any sort of contract. There's two sides to it, and you've both got to perform. And I always think, you know, if if you're letting a tenant come into a, a property, that that property should be respected. They should do cleaning maintenance look general looking after it so i'm talking about you know you carry something in you bash a wall you you make a mark on it you get some polyfiller you smooth it out and you try and touch it up just like you would if it was your own home but now we seem to have have created this this feeling that everything is the landlord's fault so if i don't clean a property for a year it's not my fault it's the landlord um and I don't agree, disagree with either side of it, but I think landlords are saying, if you come in, I want you to look after it. So 
you know, where where do we get to? Well, everyone is the government and all these charities and everyone else is making it adversarial and there doesn't seem to be any cooperation. Our best ones are where we have uh, treated people as people, as fellow human beings. And, you know, when, they, when they've struggled, we've helped. When they've been good, they, you know, they've done things. Um, and it's a partnership on that. But, but here's the thing, folks. Not everyone is a professional landlord. Many are accidental. They've inherited one from a parent. They've come from two relationships. They've moved into one house. They've rented the other one out. They are not doing this to be some world-dominating, megalomaniac uh, sort of business tycoon. They are just general people just trying to bumble along and, and make something work for them. And all of a sudden, the relationship breaks up. They have a child who is you know, has got to 18 and now wants their own property. And they want to take back possession of a property that they own. The fundamental ability or worry, uh, because the worry about the fundamental ability to repossess that property, to use it themselves, was being thwarted by the might of, you know, the local news who said it's outrageous. They've given notice and told them to move on. It's It's kind of Right. Okay. Where's the balance here? If if I was renting something from someone and they said right at the beginning, oh, by the way, if after six months, 12 months, we give you a month's notice, we would want the property back. You know where you stand. There was at no point when anyone took on a tenancy, did they say, oh, by the way, you have the right ad infinitum to enjoy the benefits of this property with no comeback, no reason to leave or anything. That that wasn't the case. And so I think the tenant has to appreciate where they stand and the landlord has to appreciate where they stand. Now, I think sometimes, uh, Ray, you, you, you get to this point where um, you could argue it from both sides. It's very upsetting for a tenant if they're asked to move on. But imagine the landlord who is now going through a divorce or something and wants to come back into this property to live in it because they have to. Um, and yet they're being thwarted from doing that. Nobody wins. And I hmm. think every time the government has tried to put in some legislation, I don't care which government, what they talk about and all the rest of it, there are always unintended consequences. And I think the biggest unintended consequences at the moment is the creation of an adversarial environment here it's tenant v landlord and the second thing is because of this adversarial thing because of the time it takes and they say on average it's six months plus to get re to get possession back and i guarantee no one will be paying rent in that period that mm -hmm. that six months that rent the tax legislation the other requirements the registering the licensing all, all these things all it's done is made it adversarial and a damn sight more expensive to rent. The landlord is not necessarily receiving all that extra money when the rent goes up. So I think the unintended consequences of people trying to sort this out is they've made it nasty and they've made it more expensive. And I, I just think everyone loses. However, <laughs> Ray, I think now is the time to get in there. Because I think some of these changes 
Um, if you understand them and you are clear with your tenant, I think you and your tenant could enjoy a fabulous relationship in terms of renting um, and, and letting. Um, and I, I think there will be opportunities out there as people go, I've had enough. It used to be so easy. Now it's mm. difficult. Um, for those of you that are new, you never knew easy. You only know what it is now. And if you're happy with what it is now, I'd say get in there and and help people out because people need to rent properties. There you Did go. You... Well, um, I mean, they are trying to make it less adversarial, I think, because the government have basically said that Section 8 was going to allow landlords to recover the property under what they call reasonable circumstances. And um, reasonable circumstances would be things like you're going to redevelop the property, you need to redevelop it, that sort of thing. Or if you want to sell it, or if you want a close family member to move in. And they're also strengthening the grounds for antisocial behaviour. But um, the, the, the interesting thing, you talk about unintended consequences there, but the interesting thing is the government's white paper warned, and it, it actually says this, they've warned landlords and agents that I quote, any attempt to find loopholes will not be tolerated. Now, can you imagine them putting that into the tax legislation? <laughs> you know, any attempt to find a loophole will not be tolerated. You'd have PwC and Arthur Anderson, if they're still around, and all these people clamping down and going, oh, hang on a minute, that's a whole industry, is to find a loophole here. Um, and there's going to be, there's going to be something. There always is, because the government usually always miss something out. Um, but anyway, uh, this is all going to come to pass over the next few years. This is not something that's happening next week. I mean, you know, renters reform bill has to pass through Parliament and all the rest of it. So they're saying I think it's going to be first quarter, maybe even second quarter, twenty twenty five, before it even it even comes in. And of course, between now and then, we've got a general election, and you know what happens when you know general elections come around. Clearly, Keir Starmer is the the World Economic Forum's new man to go in. And he's going to be shoehorned into that, uh, probably. Um, I mean, uh, Keir Starmer must be dreading getting elected because he then might have to make a decision. He will, yeah, yeah. You know, talk talk about um, looking at a, a KC or a, a barrister. You know, flipping egg. You know, he, he'll ask questions and be really clever, but when at the end of it, you go, hmm, I don't actually know. If you had an opinion on that, you've just you just <laughs> come out with about 15. Uh, I mean, if that guy ever listen, listen out for it, listen out for politicians when you ask them a question and they say, you know, what do you want? And and they start off by saying, well, I'll tell you what I don't want. And you just go, <laughs> right, this is going to be a long, bloody conversation if we've got to rule out everything you don't want and then work on the basis that what you haven't ruled out that you don't want, you do want, you know. Why not just tell us what you want? He's just yeah. uh, anyway. Anyway, Ray, back to right, back to this. A couple of other things that they're saying, and I, I I quite appreciate it. But again, this is this is where um, unintended consequences, and again where it becomes adversarial, and again where it um, comes to a point where it puts off some landlords or wannabe landlords, uh, and others they sort of go right, okay, I'll grit my teeth and I'll do it. It's the introduction of having to allow pets. Now, often people would would say, right, okay, if you have a pet, we're going to charge you an extra 50 quid because we know, experience tells us, at the end of two years when you move on, we need to flip in, change the carpet, defumigate, change the carpet, 
you know, the sofa's been eaten um, and it was only a budgerigar. Uh, no, it, it's it's one of those things. Now, the unintended consequence of that are a couple of things. It's how do you have a conversation with someone where you've rented a 12th floor flat with no balcony that their seven Rottweilers are really not a good idea uh, <laughs> in there? How do you have that conversation when they say, I'm allowed to? Um, have you got to go down the animal welfare route or, you know, you, you get into these funny things. And then the other thing is those people that don't have a pet, they're going to pay more rent because the landlord is going to say that, well, you might not have a pet now, but you might. So I'm going to charge you more on the basis that that is going to just build up a little fund to do the maintenance when you move on. Mm. And, you know, unintended consequence rents go up again more adversarial you know arguments yeah. and stuff like that it is the other thing as well that is funny i was talking about this with some letting agents and they said you know this can be really serious that um you have people with pet allergies if they move into a property that has had pets that can be seriously um detrimental to their health mm -hmm. and, and so you have to when people say oh just run the hoover around or give it a quick clean sometimes you you can't and i know that there will be uh renters who will now be going into properties and saying i can't move in here uh because you know it's not clean enough it's contaminated it's whatever um so there you go unintended consequence but if you're happy doing with it maybe you're a pet lover maybe you just love it i i know a couple of people and their their little usp was um uh, to offer properties that allowed pets and and they charged a premium and the pet owners loved it because you know they were welcomed in so maybe now's the time to get in and and be the first to say yes you can have a pet here's what we've done etc etc price yeah. it in factor it in so that might be another reason why now's the time to raise some money and get in to doing this and and being the the new the the new wave landlord who embraces the tenant and what have you, but yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a like tricky everything one. else. It's about getting, getting the terms of reference, if you like, at the beginning, the, you know, the get the, get the contract right so that everyone understands exactly what they're doing. I mean, landlords can refuse, of course, if they are not the leaseholder, for example, the leaseholder landlord, um, a, a free loan, freeholder landlord um, or the freeholder of the property might not allow it. And you can also, Potentially. but you could also, you yeah, can well, you see that being challenged, pet damage insurance, that sort of thing. So there are certain things that you can, uh, you can, I dare say, caveat it. Uh, but again, it's all about getting it right at the, at the beginning. It's all about everyone understanding what their role and responsibilities are, which sounds fine. As long as you've got two competent people on either side. Um, I have to say that um, when I was involved in that, you think you're dealing with someone competent, but you quickly realize that they're not they're not as as good as they made out to be. Um, but again, I, I know some of the uh, buy to let landlords I speak to uh, stress how, you know, the, the selection process has to be as rigid as you possibly can uh, at the very beginning um, so that you're selecting you know, the very best tenants that you possibly can. Um, but again, you know, that, that 
tenants come and go. They're not going to necessarily stay there for years and years. They might only be there for a couple of years. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to end up with a void period if your if your selection process is too strict. So, yep, like anything else, it comes down to education. Um, I would always, always encourage people if you're thinking of this or even if you're in it and you've got a few properties already, you need to go along to some property training, find out because there will be people who know uh, the, the right ways, the wrong ways and the useful ways and also the streetwise ways to get things done. So like anything else, um, to be better educated, to be better informed is is always, always better. Yeah. And, and what is it, George or not war, war, as Churchill George said? Or not war, war, yeah. 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 Talk to people, you know, <laughs> chat with them. Um, you know, how's everything going? Hope it's all all right. You know, I haven't heard anything maintenance wise just wondered if there was anything uh you know just ha have a chat to people um we have we've gone back into properties where it's it's suddenly gone quiet and and people have done a runner you know they don't pay and suddenly have done a runner and you go in and you find they've had a leaking pipe and um you know it's just leaked for goodness knows how long couldn't be bothered telling us uh and next thing you need to do is is floors you know plumbing rebuilds and stuff like that and and you just think cracky it, it, would it really you know are, are we that bad um and i think it you know that you didn't feel you could talk to us um and and the chances are uh because subsequently we've um it would appear that uh, this person was being chased for multiple things that they had uh, taken on credit and never repaid a thing so right. looking looking at the envelopes there were sort of uh, mobile phone things there was tv things there was council tax things there was uh, energy company things there was all sorts of things so they obviously uh, hadn't paid anything too embarrassed to tell anyone about anything um and then did a runner and i i think that you know those people should hang their head in shame um and the shame is that they didn't feel that people would not listen to them and try and help them in whatever mm. situation they are in. I mean, I am embarrassed when I see landlords on TV and you sh you see people go into their properties and you go, how can you sleep at night knowing people are living in something like that? That's disgraceful. Mm. You know, so, yeah, you've got you've got landlords who are uh, an embarrassment but you've also got tenants who are quite frankly frightening yeah. um, in in terms of their in terms of their expectations and living habits and and their disregard for anything um that i would call civilized at times yeah. you know you right. do get people who you know on both sides but in terms of raising money folks i would be out there networking on property things finding out who's a, a tired landlord who wants to get out and stepping in and seeing if there's some deals to be made where you can potentially take over the running of it and then their issue is often they can't sell everything immediately because it's tax inefficient they need to potentially do it over a period of time maybe you're the person this could get you into it maybe with very little money you go in run it and help take things over and uh, gradually transition a portfolio from them to you. So mm -hmm. I think there's opportunities out there, folks. Get up to speed, as Ray says, get educated, get up to speed with these sort of things. 
um, and then do your numbers, put on your, your big pair of Y fronts or knickers or whatever you want to wear. Big boy pants. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and step up and give it a go because what the hell have you got to lose apart from your money, <laughs> your sanity, <laughs> you know, the will to eat donuts, whatever, you know, you, uh, folks, life is too short to always um, sit there and not take a risk. I think sometimes you got to step up and say to hell with it. I'm going to take a risk. And the way that you do that is you educate yourself and then the risk is uh, as low as it can be and go for it, go for yep. it. Good. And uh, if you've got any questions, you can, of course, always email us. Hello at htrmoney.co.uk. Hello at htrmoney.co.uk. And um, yeah, we'll give you a considered response. But uh, on that, um, and that not on that, on that, that non section 21 bombshell. Well, I was going to say on that non-advice, non, <laughs> non-investment advice. Non <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yep. Yeah, on that that section 21, section 24, section eight, tax, landlord, tenant, nightmare, bombshell. Get yourself I've been really Yeah, now I'm Nigel T. Best. Get yourself out there and buy a few. Hey, why not? Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours? <laughs>